the morning to give <clears throat> to give thanks to God. And it's during this time uh, that a powerful word is needed because of such devastation that's going out throughout the land. If we can't look out and see how time is winding down on us, then I don't know if we'll be able to see much of anything if we can't see it because it's, it's just incredible. I mean, it really is. And, and you know, I, I could say, you know, you, you hear people say that, well, you know, the Bible, it, it tells us about it. But it does. The Bible does tell us about it. But when you face with the reality of what the Bible is saying, then you got to adjust to that. One thing to read it, but it's another thing to know it's there and then have to be faced with it. And right now we're at a time in the world where we're faced with the end time situation. We really are. And that thing's rough. It's rough. But I want to give a word this morning that God gave to me. The title of this message is The Awesomeness of Favor. In order to understand the awesomeness of favor, you've got to first understand that favor has or is a spirit. Not a word per se, but it's a spirit. And favor itself means kindness toward, mercy, compassion, grace. Favor has all of that in it. You do well this morning, church, to take advantage of what God is saying to you. And when I say take advantage of it, really take advantage of it because if you can remember it, Along the way, you'll be a powerful person in God, in the reality of God. It's one thing to know God, but it's another thing to know the reality of God. Big difference. Big difference. Let's go to the book of Joshua, fifth chapter. The awesomeness of faith. Why y'all going there? Oh, when you get there, please say amen. I want to pray a short prayer. And I really want to get into this word. I'm kind of excited about teaching it and preaching it this morning because God showed me some stuff that's just, just incredible. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you, Father. And we thank you and we glorify your name. Now open up our hearts and minds, dear Lord Jesus, to see the fullness of you. You're such a wonderful God and you've been so good to us. Now, Father, we just want to give back by allowing our souls to receive from heaven's door. Father, let the gate heaven, let them swing wide open for us and may the doors of our heart be open so that we may receive that which cometh from above down 
to us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I want us to look at uh, Joshua, the fifth chapter. <coughs> and I'm going to read three verses. And we're going to take a trip. Are we there? The Bible says that and the verse 10, Joshua 5th chapter, verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal mm -hmm. and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even, which is evening, in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow, where morrow means tomorrow. After the Passover, mm -hmm. unleavened cake and parched corn in the self same day. Pay attention. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Now they had the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan. That year. Now, when we look at this, here it is. They just had crossed the Jordan River. Jordan River means the spiritual stream of life. They have the crossover from the earthly realm into the spiritual realm. There is a crossover from you living in a carnal world and getting saved and crossing over into the spiritual world of God. There's the Jordan that you have to cross over, the spiritual stream of life. They just had crossed over. And they had entered into the land of Canaan, Canaan being the land where we bow down to God. Nobody bows down to God until they cross over. Because the heathen doesn't respect God, right? So nobody, nobody bows down to Canaan, in the land of Canaan, until they're saved. You see, you, you, you can't go into the land of Canaan because the land of Canaan is the land where we bow down to God and you can't go there unless you're saved. And when you're saved, that means that you're humbling yourself to God. Now, during this time, the first place that they stopped was a place called Gilgal. Gilgal, that word Gilgal means wheel or circle of God. The first place that the Israelites, that's us, the church, the soldiers of God, the word Israel means soldier of God. And 2 Timothy tells us that we are to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're soldiers. Israel means soldier of God, or he who shall rule as God. It means those two things. So the first thing that they did when, when, when a man crosses over into the land of Canaan, once they cross over that Jordan, the first place they encamp is a place called Gilgal, because that's what we do. We set up our camp in the circle of God. See, we're in the circle of God right now, right? That's where we are. We're in Gilgal. We're where God is now, right? Now, notice some things happening here. 
when they encamped in Gilgal, the circle of God, they kept the what their Passover. The word Passover means to be exempt from your sin. You have to be encamped in the circle of God before you can be exempt from your sin. Y'all know what exempt means? It means you don't have to pay. You've been exempt. The wages of sin is death, right? You've been exempt from that through Jesus Christ. By where? Stopping at Gilgal and doing the Passover. And it was done on the 14th day of the month in the evening because, you see, you're at that end time of when you count 14, 1 plus 4 equals 5, right? 14. 5, the number 5 means incomplete, but it's in the evening of your incomplete state. That means that it's just about over, you see. They did this and they became exempt right at the end. You remember last night I told you Jesus, when he did finish doing one thing, he already had something else set up. See, you don't fumble. You know when it's God is that you don't fumble and end the thing and then don't have an immediate place to synchronize yourself into. It's almost like an automatic transmission. The synchronized, you know, you don't have to scrub the, the gears and stuff. You know what I'm saying? It just automatically goes from one gear smoothly to the other. That's how God works. You know? God will not send you on a mission where you can, you, you at the end of it, you don't know where else you're going to go. You understand what I'm trying to say? See, God has this thing laid out for you, you see. So when God truly speaks to you, then God will say, okay, I need you to stop here at Gilgal because right here is where I'm going to make you exempt from your sin. It's going to be in the evening of your incomplete state because I'm, I'm fixing to really save you because you just crossed over. But now I'm really, I'm really ready to do something in your life. Notice that this is going to be done in the plains of Jericho. The plains of Jericho is a place of Sterility. You know what sterility is? You know what it is to be sterile? It means to be clean. You see, they ate that Passover in the place of cleanliness. You certainly can't eat it nowhere else, right? You can't. So, so this is where we have to understand that we have to eat it in the plains of Jericho because Jericho actually is a place of fragrance. That's where your soul is. Your soul gives off a place, a, a scent of fragrance to God. It can either smell good or it can stink. But sin makes it stink. Godly living makes it feel good. Follow me now. So we're going we're to we're break it open here. Just follow me. I'm just trying to set, set the stage up. Now, eating this Passover, keeping this Passover in that place of sterility, that place that's clean within yourself. And look what they did in verse 11. It was at this place that they did eat of the old corner of the land. Did you not know that the old corner of the land means the goodness of the land? That's what we, that, that, that's what we're eating now. Now all through, watch what God does. Watch what he does. He says, and they did eat of the old corner of the land when? On the what? Morrow, which is your tomorrow. That's your next season. After the Passover. See, there's some things there. Y'all see it there? After the Passover, you see, 
In other words, when we were at the Upstate Family Resource Center, we had to do a crossover, right? Every time God takes us to another place, he takes us to uh, another crossover. Am I right? Every time you go to a new place within yourself, you have to do another crossover. In other words, you have to become adjusted to it. If you go on a new job, do you not have to get adjusted to it? If they throw another itinerary in on the job that you got, don't you have to get adjusted to it? See, you got to cross over to it. Now, if you don't make the crossover, then your job is at stake. Right or wrong? And they'll start looking for somebody else. Am I right about it? It was on the model that they ate of the old corn. But first, before you can eat of the old corn, before you can get on, uh, 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 eat of the good land, eat of the goodness of the land, it was after the Passover, meaning that you've got to get saved first to become exempt from the sin that's in our lives, right? See, you can't go in there on your own. You've got to go in by the door because any other way is like a thief and a robber, the Bible says. So it was on the bottle after the Passover that they ate unleavened cake. The reason that they ate unleavened bread, you see, if yeast, a little yeast leavens the whole lump. In other words, that word yeast there means corruption or sin. Uh, just a little bit of corruption, just a little bit of sin will corrupt the whole loaf. The whole loaf. If you bring a little bit of sin up in here, a little bit of corruption, it will contaminate the whole loaf. If you, if you, if you knead it in and let it, y'all know what knead means. You know. That thing will go throughout. It'll do that. And that's what it's saying here. That's why they was eating unleavened bread. Not leavened bread, but unleavened bread. Because unleavened bread means that it was pure bread from heaven. It didn't have no yeast in it. Didn't no yeast, you know. Because yeast will puff up. You see, see, you know, you, you it, 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 yeah. You see, <coughs> when we first started House of Death, they were coming from everywhere, but a lot of yeast was coming, a lot of corruption. Oh yeah, yeah. And see, that residue has been left here, and we're purging it out. Remember, I said last night, enlarge my territory. See, as God takes us to another place, we're becoming more and more enlarged. You're bigger than you think. <laughs> You're bigger than you think. You're more powerful than you think you are. You're much bigger than you think you are. But you got to see it through God's eyes and not through man. That's what you have to do. If you do that, then you'll see it. You'll see something that man can't show you. But they ate the unleavened cake and the parched corn which is that same goodness of the land, that part corn, they ate it in the self same day. Soon as you decide to walk with God, it's automatic. You've entered into a place that you've never been before. And God has been waiting on you to get there so he could just pour it out to you. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing that anybody can say is that, well, they just got saved. But it don't make no difference that they just got saved. It's how much courage they got in their salvation. You see? And if they got the courage to latch on, they'll supersede some that's been in the church 50, 60 years. 
And then the one got 60, 50, 60 years to be all tore up inside because this person over here latched on to this thing. But they never did. Enlarge my territory. So, verse 12 says here, after they ate of the goodness of the land, notice something, and the man did what? When did he see? In your next season. See, the church, we had been on the welfare plan for a long time. Yeah, we had. We wasn't paying for nothing. Man was given to us from heaven. Bam, 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 bam. But now, when we cross over, man of welfare system, over. See how he works it? He had to get you to that point. But notice this. Now, now watch what God do now. Show you something. The ones that started out easy with them. Didn't but two of them get in. Caleb and Joshua. All the rest of them died. The only thing that went in for Caleb and Joshua was those 20 years and under. Because that generation that came, they stayed a generation 40 years. They stayed in the wilderness 40 years. Running around. He said, look here, you don't pass around this battle long enough. <laughs> you know, you've been on the welfare system long enough. Now it's time for you to take responsibility. That's what they're saying. I'm, I'm going to put you, I'm going to cross you over into the land of Canaan. And look here, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to let you go in, and I'm going to let you have. I'm going to give you the first cluster of grace. This is the first cluster of grace this building from the crossroads. But the rest of you going to have to fight for. <laughs> Ain't that what they had to do from then on, walk? Huh? They didn't get nothing else free. Yet, though, they were eating in houses they didn't build. They were living in houses they didn't build. They were eating food that they didn't grow. You know, they were doing all of that. That's what the Bible says. But they had to fight for it. They had to walk. And the Bible has the audacity to say, look here, I'm not going to let you drive out all of these because if you drive all of them out, see, this land that we're in is so big and vast. Yeah, the land that came. It's so big and vast until, see, we can't populate it fast enough. So, God said, look, I'm going to let you get a little at a time, here a little at a time, there a little But if I drive out all of it, then what will happen is it'll be overrun by the beast or the field and stuff. Because it's so vast. What God has for us is so vast until we have to walk into it. So here's the trick. Satan knows how vast it is. So what he does is he takes that spirit of Amalek and he catches those that lag, and he kills them. Notice he never gets those at the front. It's always those who begin to lag. Those are the, that's what the Bible says. As they was coming up through the wilderness, Amalek, that spirit, that warlike spirit, that waits on the weak one, and then people preach it. Now you sin, now you don't. That's that Amalek spirit. That's a dangerous spirit. And it knocks you off one by one. So every time one gets knocked off, the preacher says, I wonder which one going to be next. Because I know Amalek is still there. And any good preacher don't like seeing none of his children be taken by Amalek. 
but there's only so much you can do. Amalek is the wolf. The wolf comes in sheep clothes. But it's deadly. It'll kill you. It's very serious. Very serious. So he says here that man of sin. In other words, you're not on the welfare system anymore. You've grown out of that. Now you've got to go in and possess the land. You've got to go in and take it. If you want to eat. So verse 12 says, Manna ceased on the morrow, which is your next season. After they had eaten, after they had eaten of the old corn, which is the good of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. No more welfare. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that what? Season. See, this is your season to eat from the fruit out of the land of Canaan where you bow down to God. See, this is the season that we're in now. We're in the season to eat from the good of the land. Not somebody feed us snowflakes from heaven no more. No more of that. No. Now it's time for you to eat from the true good of the land. See, I did that, God said, to get you through the wilderness. You know. But now, welfare system over. Now, watch the word. Go to um, Psalms 5, verse 12. The book of Psalms, verse 5, 12. And I want to show you something here. When you get there, please say amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. It says in verse 12, For thou, Psalms 4, verse 12, For thou, Lord, will bless the who? Right. He, he said, the unrighteous. He says, the Lord will bless the righteous. And watch this word. With what? Favor. Wilt thou compass, which means to surround him as with a shield. Did you not know that favor has you surrounded like a shield? You got to believe that because that's what we're talking about here today. The awesomeness of favor. I'm going to prove it to you. The awesomeness of favor. We're going to talk about Joseph today. Go to Genesis, the 37th chapter, verse 28. Genesis 37. We all know some about Joseph. Who knows? Joseph. Okay. Verse 28. Genesis chapter 37, verse 28. Please say you have it when you get there. Amen. Here's Joseph. The word Joseph means let God add. Addition. Watch what Joseph did. Joseph had favor on his life. Joseph is a spirit in you. It's that spirit of addition in your life. Addition, which comes from the kingdom of God, which is inside of you. We're talking about the land of Canaan, the awesomeness of faith. 
Let's not look at Joseph per se. Let's look at Joseph's life, but let's take that and impute it into our own because that's what God is trying to show us. The Bible says that the things that are written are written a fourth time for your learning. For that through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. So everything that's written is for our own learning. You know, in other words, what's written is for us to understand God and how God works in us the same way. Watch Joseph. Favor was on Joseph. Joseph had a dream when he was a child. He, he had two dreams that the Bible speaks about. First dream was, I think, where he was in the field. And his sheep rose up. And I think he said 12 other sheep, I think it was, or 11 other sheep bowed down to him. He told his daddy, daddy didn't like him. Then he had another dream. He said, I had a dream. Yeah. He said, the sun and the moon which represents the father and the mother of him. And 11 stars which represent his other brothers. He said, they all bowed down to me. They made obedience to me, he said. Daddy got mad. Daddy said, you trying to tell me that we going to bow down to you? Nope, just backed off. But favor was on. Everything add God adds to your life. Joseph is favor. Everything that God adds, I say everything that God adds to your life has the spirit of favor on it. I'm going to prove it to you. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. The Bible says in verse 28, Then there passed by Midianites. A Midianite is one that loves contention. They were merchant men. They're always trying to sell their bill of goods. And they drew and lifted up Joseph, that which was added, out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the, who? Ishmaelites, outcasts. Ishmaelites are outcasts. For 20 pieces of silver, and brought Joseph into Egypt. How many times have the contentious ways of ourselves and people sold that which God has given us into bondage of Egypt. How many times have God blessed us and we took it to the world? Same thing. How many times? But everywhere Joseph went, favor was with him. Church, I'm here this morning to let you understand it don't make no difference what situation you in, find yourself in. Favor is with you. Now what you got to understand about favor is this. Did not Joseph start off small? It's about not your small beginning, Joseph. I mean Job eight, verse seven. Joseph 
was sold by his own brother. You know that's a check to share you out. Do you not know that your own brother is Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. I'm going to tell you the truth. Who sold Joseph? His brother. The one that's supposed to love him. Sold him out, Deacon Ed. Put him in a pit. Why? Jealousy. Watch what God did. Put it in the pit, but favor was there. Because favor in this incident, when you're small, already know that when you get over here, what your end gonna be. Because you already know. Joseph went from the pit to the palace. Favor was still with him. From the palace to the dungeon, favor was still with him. From the dungeon to world leader, favor was with him. Now, y'all better hear what I'm trying to say to y'all. I'm talking about the awesomeness of favor. Joseph trusted in God regardless of the situation. When he was in the pit, Sold out by his brothers, I can imagine. But he was going to. But favor was still with him. Verse 36 down here in Genesis, 37, verse 20, 36 says, And the Midianites, those that are potential, sold, which means that they surrendered him into Egypt, the world system, unto Potiphar, which is idolatry. Well, we know that the world system is idolatry, right? Now let's go to Potiphar. Idolatry was an officer of Pharaoh who was the ruler of the world. That's that government. And captain of the gods, see? Those that the government put in office are the Potiphar. They're the captains of the gods. They guard the situation. But now Joseph, who was in the pit, now he's there with Potiphar in Potiphar's house. The captain of the guard. He's in, he, 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 he's managing the household of Potiphar. Let's go to Genesis 39, verse 7 through, verse 7 through 16. Favor was with him in the pit. Now he's in Potiphar's house. Favor is still with him. But favor, how many of y'all know, come with a cost? I say favor come with a cost. Ain't no tip towing through the tomb. But still favor sees the end. You know why, you, why the devil attacks house of destiny so awesome? The devil knows what God got for us over here. You just don't know. So we be keep continue to be taken by the devil. Because the devil don't, well, it know it takes stop house of destiny from getting there, but it can stop you from getting there with us. And make you settle for something that's lesser. Oh yeah. It will. You'll be sitting up somewhere else, and they don't be more can you you'll never have a chance to exercise your gift or nothing else. 
But here, all you got to do is just rise up and do it. Just rise up. You see what needs to be done? Think. God is looking for those that's got vision. Lift up your eyes. Don't wait for everything to be told to you. Lift up your eyes. What can I do to make this thing grow? What can we do to make it better? What can we do to make it more professional? Always think professional. Don't ever get up and do nothing half done. Can't nothing be up in here doing nothing but pro. Pro. Not no half done people. Pro. I'm talking about leaders. You got to be pro. That means that you got to do your homework. What would I look like coming up in there trying to teach y'all something not studying? I'd look kind of crazy, wouldn't I? God is a professional God. His children are supposed to be professional too. Straight up. God sent his best to us. We're supposed to send our best to him. Right or wrong? Now whether we want to admit that or not, it still holds true in us and we know it. We know it. Joseph gave his best. Didn't make no difference where he was. He gave his best. Joseph was loyal. Watch this. Wherever you place Joseph, Joseph was loyal. And it came to pass. Watch how loyal Joseph was. Even in the place of idolatry, Joseph was still loyal, but he still held his integrity. The Bible says that it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. In other words, there's always something inside of us casting our eyes on that which God has added to us to pervert it. Right or wrong? Huh. It's that idealistic reality that we have within ourselves, you know? We start worshiping idolistic things. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wrote not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he had to my hand. See, that's loyalty. That's integrity. There is none greater in this house than I, he said. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Didn't say nothing about sinning against God. How can brothers and sisters try to kill each other? That's you sinning against God. You're not loyal to God. If God entrusted us to each other and we misused each other, where's the loyalty? That's weak. That's weak. He said you sinned against God. He didn't sin against Potiphar. I don't sin against you. I sin against God when I mess with you. That's what I do. And that's what you do too. And that's what everybody else do. That's involved in this. And find themselves, he says, done a, a great wickedness. Verse 10 says, and it came to pass. As she spake to Joseph day by day. Boy, she was old. See, that thing inside of us just talk to us. And see, this is what it do. It'll isolate you first. We're, we're soldiers, right? We're supposed to know about war. The first thing in war is to break out the lines of communication, right or wrong. 
First thing, anybody know anything about war? First thing we got to do is knock out that communication. Knock the communication out, they got to think in darkness. So now, you isolated. In darkness. And this thing begins to talk to you. Now you don't know really your head from your tail because now you're confused. The devil knows if he can get you isolated from the pack. The devil knows if he can get you kept from the house of the Lord that he can kill you. That's why so many of us fail. We go to watching TV evangelists. That ain't going to work. The Bible says to Satan not to the, 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 the assembly of the brethren. That's what the word says. Ain't what I say. That's what the word says. I wonder why I said it. Because in the multitude of counsel dwells safety, the Bible says. But if you left to your own counsel and the counsel of the devil, guess what? You're in trouble. Because the devil's stronger than we are. Don't you ever think he has. Don't you ever let a preacher tell you that the devil ain't got no power. Oh, yes, he does, too. Fine. You don't think you got no power. You tear your head off. You be hot here thinking, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh-uh. I'm on you. Because the devil ain't afraid of you hollering Jesus. But he is afraid of you living Jesus. You can holler Jesus all you want to. That don't back him up. But when you start living, go sit down, fool. Go sit down, fool. That's what you tell that thing inside of you when they try to act a fool on you. And then after a while, all you got to do is. And it'd be like a little child that's just going over there and sit. But you got to train it. Train it to know its limitations. Or it'll train you. Somebody's going to be trained. And it came to pass about this time, verse 11. About this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. Be careful when you get cornered off there. And she caught him by his garment, mm -hmm. by his soul. Mm -hmm. Saying, that's that old idolatry. That's the wife of idolatry. Caught him. I bet all of us can identify with that. That thing catch up. Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Mm -hmm. Bible says, if you flee from the devil, if you, if, you, if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand mm -hmm, and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house. You know how those people allow me? <laughs> you see what you're going to do here, don't you? And spake unto them, saying, See, he has brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. That word Hebrew means he who has crossed over. He wasn't one of them. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. See, that's a lie. Very convincing, too. Very convincing, if you listen. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. 
and she laid up his garment by her until the his Lord came home, until her husband came home. She was sitting there contemplating how to get what's been added to your life. Do you not know the devil is there contemplating on how to get what God has given you? Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Everything that God gives you, the devil wants it. You ever been blessed? Seems like every time you be blessed, the devil takes part of it. Something happened. Am I lying? Something unexpected come up. You know what I'm saying? It just seems like the devil just got to get some of your money one way or the other. Now tell the truth about it. He'd be that contemplating. He'll make the car tear up, the washing, the drying. Okay, I stopped drinking, okay? I'll get it over here then. I stopped smoking, okay? I'll get it over here then. I stopped doing good. Okay, I'll get it this way. I stopped drinking. I'll get it this way. He's still going to find a way to get part of your kids in bed. He is. He is. I told my wife that a long time ago. I said, baby, just don't even worry about it. Because every time you get a blessing, the old devil already been contemplating, sitting there with your gun and laying up with it. How am I going to get a piece of this? if not all of it. Now, that's the fact right there. It's nothing to be perturbed by because faith was still with you. Because the Bible doesn't say if the thief be found, he got to pay back double. Got to pay it back. But we can't show it. Let's go to verse 20 and 23. Now, faith was still with him. He came out of the pit. Faith was with him because it took faith to get him out that pit. Brought him to Potiphar's house. He could have went anywhere, but he went to Potiphar's house. All right. Favor was still with him. But favor comes with a price. People lie on you when favor's on you. They'll tell a lie. They'll make lie with the truth. They'll do all that. And make that thing. Then when they get that snowball rolling, it's going now. Now, boy, we got it now. We got it now. So, she sitting there. Favor's still with him, but he's still paying the price. All right? Now he's going to get cast in prison, but Favor's still going to be with him. And Favor is with you. See, everywhere he goes, whatever situation he's in, Favor's still with him, right? Don't make no difference. You've got to understand Favor's with you, regardless of what you're going through. Because if you ever forget that Favor's with you while you're going through your hard times, you'll lose yourself. You'll lose yourself, church. You cannot forget that favor is still with you, regardless that it's raining, sun still shining. That's how you got to look at it. You have to look at it like that. Well, let's go to 20 to 23. And Joseph, Genesis 39, verse 20 through 23. And Joseph's master took him. And put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were by. Mm. Whoa. And he was there in the prison. A place where the whose prisoners were bound? Who's our king? Jesus. See, that's what idol worship will do. That's what idolatry will do. Idolatry will take what God has given us and place it 
in prison. But the Lord, now even though this is the king of Egypt, Pharaoh's prison, but it's taking, I'm just giving you a scenario of how the devil will take what God has given you and place it in a prison where he'll think you'll be unproductive. But you can't stop favor. You're fighting a losing battle when you try to stop favor. I can't stop favor in your life. Only you can do that. You understand? I'm just wasting my time. Matter of fact, I'm helping favor to grow on you trying to stop favor in your life. All I'm doing is make because favor is the spirit. It knows. And favor will take up for you. It's a bigger picture here. So, verse 21 says, But the Lord was with who? Didn't I tell you favor was still going to be there? Didn't make no difference where he went. Bible said, Lord was still with him. And showed him mercy. And gave him what? All right now. In the sight of the keeper of the what? Uh -huh. Gave him favor, didn't he? Lord was still with him, wasn't it? Didn't make no difference. Didn't make no difference what he went through. Bible say, I'm still with you. Now, if he went in down there in that dungeon, I know he was with him in Pastor's time. And I know he was with him in that pit, too. I tell you, he was with him because you know why I know he was with him in that pit over there? Because them boys were going to kill him. They wanted to kill him. If it hadn't been for Reuben, I believe, they said, oh, wait a minute. Now, we don't want to go this far with this. Let's just, let's put some blood, some goat blood or something. And make it look like he's dead. Well, let's not kill him now because he is our brother now. But some of y'all were ready to kill him. That means they were vicious. They were ready to kill him all because they were jealous of him and the favor that was on his life. Church, I'm telling you, the folk that you know, that's why you got to watch who you love. The folk that you know, y'all seeing favor coming on your life. Watch and see, won't they? It might take a while. Watch and see. Once they start, God will reveal them to you. It might be a while, but it'll be your closest people. They'll do it. I'm talking about when favor really kick in, and you start believing in favor and allowing favor to do what it's supposed to do in your life. You know, see, see, you're getting there. You're almost there. You're almost there. But when, but you know, because when it kick in. It does something to people. And they're going to start. They're going to start trying to make that. Yeah, you more than this and you acting like you more than that. They're going to start trying to say that. They're going to start telling lies on you over here. They're going to start doing that. And that's when you're going to have to start. See, when favor starts to really promote itself in your life, you're going to have to do a greater part. You're going to have to hide out more. In other words, you're going to have to go in the hiding in God more. You see, because now at favor also puts you in a glass house. You understand what I'm saying? So it becomes, the walk becomes more tight and the thing that you used to get away with, you can't get away with no more. It's called growth. It's called growth. And there's some painful things involved in growth, you know, because, you know, if you look at Joseph's life, 
because we've had to go through some things. Verse 23 says that, verse 22 says that, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners that were in the prison. See that? And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Favor. Favor. See, you see what God was doing when he was in Potiphar's house? He managed Potiphar's house. Now he's in prison, and he's managing prison. God is continuing to put him in position to where he's managing things. Now, if you are put in a position where you're managing things and you're not a good manager, then God can't take you to the next level. He can't do it. But if you watch Joseph, didn't make no difference. What the situation was, Joseph was faithful to the position and the task that he had. And God saw that. So God caused something else to happen. The dungeon. He put him in the dungeon, but favor was still with him because the Bible says that the Lord was with him and gave him favor. It's still with him. And the keeper of the prison not looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to do what? That's what favor would do. That's when you know favor is working properly in your life because the thing that you're doing will begin to prosper spiritually first. And then it will make itself manifested into the life that you're involved with and the lives that you're involved with. It'll manifest itself. But it's got to be working in you first. Favor has to be working inside of you first before it can work outside of you. Okay? Bible said everything he did, he prospered. Favor still with him. Let's go to Genesis. The book of Genesis. The book of Genesis 41, verse 14 through 16. So as we as we go forth from the pit to the palace, favor will still with us all the way. From the dungeon, favor still with us. From your pit to your palace, favor with you. From the palace to the dungeon, favor is with you. Doesn't matter. Favor is still with you. Now, Genesis 41, verse 14 through 16 says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and brought him hastily out of the dungeon. See, when the world, okay, when the world needs you, when them planes hit, everybody was praying. When a crisis hit in your family, then you want to come to church. You want the man of God to give you prayer, then. Right along, come on. Ain't that right? The world. When bad things happen to the world, first thing they want to do. We need to call on. Prayer for the country. 
should have been praying the whole time. You should have been doing preventative prayer. Instead of post prayer, after something that happened, now you want to pray. It's too late. Then blow it up. You should have been praying before. You should have been putting that protection. That's why when I'm up here, I pray that your family be protected. That's preventative, man. Because I don't want you to have to come to me after something has happened to your family. Because I don't want that. I do not want that. So I pray beforehand in your behalf to put a protection around you. It worked pretty good. You're still living. Still eating. Because some folks ain't eating out there. It's rough out there. Because you don't feel it don't mean that it ain't. Now you better watch it. Folks out there eating roast bugs. Fighting the cat to see who's going to get to the roast first when they see it. And that ain't funny. But it's true. The bigger the city, the worse it is. Can you imagine what New York and L.A. is going through? And Atlanta and places like that? Don't you be fooled by them skyscrapers. <laughs> you be fooled by that. Pharaoh brought him out. Out of the dungeon. Shaved himself. In other words, he laid the waste off of him. Yo, Pharaoh, when he needs somebody to pray for him, he needs a clean vessel. So he shaved himself. He changed his raiment, put him back in his rightful place. See, see, what, see what he did? And came in unto, Raymond, unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. But watch what Joseph tells Pharaoh was saying. It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer for peace. Not me. So, the dream comes forth about a famine. Two, three years ago, dream came forth about this eternity through Brenda. We got another church. They don't want to hear. We stopped up. They didn't. She even told them about the job losses, how people would be not even be able to have work. They don't want to hear. Then they want to come back about two weeks later while we wasn't there and, 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 and act like it was their property from God. But it don't make no difference. Who? Well, all we want to do is get the people to understand that sincere times are coming. But they still didn't hear. So the famine, the dream was about a famine coming. But favor was on Joseph's life. And don't you know where favor is on a person's life? That favor will also be there for others. You see, what you're going through from your pit, where favor is, to Potiphar's house, where favor is, it's not just for you. The favor, it's not just for you only. 
God got a favor, got a bigger mission for your life. What's Joseph? He didn't go through all that for Joseph. That was a world mission that favor had on that man's life. My God. I said a world mission. A worldwide mission. The whole world went in famine. From the point, and it's, going to, it's doing it now, whether you know it or not. There is an economic famine in the land of the whole wide world. And guess what? In 210, something else is going to shake it. That's going to be coupled with. And it's going to be natural. Now, anytime you got another Katrina or tsunami, 210 is going to bring something like that. And that's going to make the economic thing even more disastrous than it is now. You think it's bad now? Wait till then. Right when they're going to be saying, oh, I think we done made it through. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. 210. 210. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. And that's what's going to usher in that thing that they keep talking about 212, 2020. Because it's going to be even greater. That's why God said, okay, I'm going to straighten y'all. I'm going to take care of y'all for 212. The 212, he said that last year. That's why he gave us this deal. We took taking care of that two-year lease on this thing. 212, 2020. See, God, God knows what he's saying when he's saying. It don't make no difference what people believe, but God's word is God's word. 210 going to bring something on us. It's going to make this economic disaster that we need even worse. Because any time that you got natural disasters, it's going to cause, it's going to have you to put your resources in another place that you don't need, and then you got that wall. And see, all that stuff is going to start coming together. It's going to start working all together, and it's going to make the whole situation worse. But guess what, favor? Guess what? Favor. Favor. Because the wealth of the wicked mm -hmm, is going to be laid up and given to the sinner. That's why President Obama is in office. To take some of that wealth. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. There are programs out there now, and me and Brittany, we using them things. I don't know about y'all. They're out there. See, that's the wealth of the wicked being transferred to the just. You see? And Obama is that pipeline. I don't care who don't like it. I like it. I do. You know why I like it? Because his plan helps me better. Than the mother's plan. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I like it. So when all of this stuff starts hitting, then that means that it's going to open doors that's going to cause the wicked to have to transfer into the just. 
you see, because God got it set up that way. You see. He let him get it, and then he'll blow on it. Well, when he blow on it, it's got to go some kind of way. So God's going to make it blow on it, but it's going to come your way if you're in position. It's called favor. Because when it blows on it, favor is a magnet. It's going to go to favor. So the famine comes. And Joseph tells him, he said, look now, there's a famine coming. It's the man of God speaking to you. Some get it and some don't. But the man of God spoke to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh heard it. He said, oh, he said, but then I can't think of nobody else better to handle this than the one that revealed it to me. <laughs> so now, you set it in command to my fault. In other words, you let it. You're the one that's going to make me sleep easy at night. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to have somebody that's beside you that can help you sleep easy at night. Y'all better hear what I just said. Somebody that you can say, okay, I know him. I wish, but I don't know. But I want to know for sure that I got men like Joseph. Men that you can trust. Women that you can trust. Not to do my will, but to do God's will. Because like I told you last night, it's very simple. Our God, is, it boils down to two things. Eternal life and working in unity to get there. It's simple. Anything that's not working in unity to get there is against us. How simple can it be? So Potiphar, not Potiphar, but Pharaoh didn't argue with Joseph because Pharaoh done went through all of those sorcerers of his and the magis and can't none of them decipher nothing. But then here comes Joseph. And verse 37 says, And the, this thing, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his sons. Mm -hmm. And Pharaoh said unto his servant, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? He recognized that the Spirit of God was in the man. This is a heathen people. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. You see, he just took Pharaoh. <laughs> you see what just happened here? God just took over Pharaoh's house. And guess who gave it to him? Pharaoh. He bowed down to it, didn't he? He released it. He said, Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Good God Almighty. The heathen done got saved for a minute. Only in the throne will I be greater than I, my God. 
Genesis 42, verse 5 through 7, and I'm closing. Genesis 42, verse 5 through 7. Now, here's the ironic thing. You remember them fellows over here that tried to kill him? His brother? Y'all remember them over there? Okay. In the course of time, watch what happened. God said, I'm going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Right there in the presence of them, I'm going to prepare a table for you. Man, that's powerful. Now, I told you. The Bible says in Job 8, verse 7, for you not to despise your beginning. Though your beginning may be small, it says, in the latter end you shall greatly increase. You see, favor over here is small on your right then in the pit. But it ain't so small because you're in the pit and you need to get out of there because your life is at stake and they were trying to kill you. So see, it really ain't that small when you bring it to how you feel about it personally. See, we look at things after young, but let me tell you something. If your life is in jeopardy, then all that big stuff that you think is big stuff don't mean nothing. The only thing big is that I need my life. That's what, that's tough for, amen? So, favor really ain't so small over here. But through the walk of it, the ups and downs in your life, favor is still with you. But favor got a bigger mission. What favor is trying to do is get us, up, and it's what the devil don't want, is to get us over here so that we can be a powerful thing. Not only for ourselves, but for others in the world. See, favor sees further than we see. So, them same ones over there that tried to kill him, them brothers, is going to be the same ones that are going to come to you for food. Did you hear what I said? Them same ones. The same ones trying to kill you, the same ones going to come to you for food. And you're going to be standing there, good God, in a room with the power and the authority of God looking at us. And with the power and the authority to help us. And the heart to help them too. Says that. And the sons of Israel, verse 5, verse Chapter 42, verse 5 through 7 says, And the sons of Israel came to buy corn. They needed to eat some of this goodness of the land, didn't they? <laughs> Remember what we talked about earlier in Joshua? We ate the goodness of the land, the parched corn, mm -hmm. the old corn. That's that ancient wisdom. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. How many of y'all know this is family in the church? Canaan represents the place where we bow down to God, the church. How many of y'all know it's a family in the church? Amen. For the word of God. Bible said they're running to and fro. I'll tell you what the word is saying. Bible said they're running to angels. Say they're running to and fro. From the east to the north, I believe. Seeking for a word. It's a family. Because they're not seeking for God's word, they say they're seeking for a word. 
from the Lord, one that's going to fit them. But verse 6 says, and Joseph was the governor over the land. Thank you, Jesus. And he, it was that sold to all the people of the land, and Joseph's brethren came. Same one tried to kill him. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed him themselves before him with their faces to the earth. Remember the dream? Remember the dream? Many years later, but remember the dream? You saying we going to bow down to you? Joseph just walked away. You just throw him out. I tell you what the dream was. We was in the field, and my sheep rose up. Eleven bowed down. The sun and the moon, and eleven others, stars, made obedience to me. That's all I know. Well, they bowed their faces to the earth. Sound like a revelation come true to me. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but he made himself stranger to them. Spake roughly to them. And he said unto them, Which come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. Church, I'm telling you, and I'm close. I'm telling you right now. Favor will cause your enemies to bow down to you. Regardless of what your situation is in the world, in the economy, in your home, or whatever, you've got to remember that favor is on your life. And you've got to allow favor to work its course in you. And if you allow favor to work its course in you, God says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Now that's what the Word of God says. Now, who are you going to believe? Who report you going to believe? You going to believe the Lord or you going to believe the devil? Yeah. It's time for us to gird up our loins and be like a man. Be like a man. And tell the devil, no more devil. You can't play with me no more. Because favor is in my life. And I don't care what it look like from the pit to the palace to the dungeon. It ain't going to be long before I'll be right there around the throne itself. Did y'all hear what I said up in hell? I'm talking about the throne of God. And I'm going to be in command, and you are too. Because he said, know ye not that the saints that judge the world? And do you not know that the saints that judge angels also? That's the written word of God. Who are you going to judge? Around that throne. You're going to be right there. Jesus is on the right hand. You're going to be on the right hand of him. Right there around the throne. It's going to be an awesome day in heaven. Y'all ought to give God some praise. Amen.